Welcome to Jay Mosley Ministries Transformational Living Podcast, depositing for eternity as spiritual millionaires. I'm Jackie Mosley, your host, and this episode is part two for the value of a deposit from both temporary and eternal perspectives. Let us pray. Gracious Father in heaven, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your eternal word. For you said that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Father, I pray over every listener that has tuned in to this podcast to learn the value of a deposit. And I pray, God, that this episode will encourage and strengthen every listener on today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, before I get started, I just wanted to clarify to everyone that this is not a works a works-based salvation doctrine. But this podcast is simply stating that good works are the fruit or evidence of being saved by grace and that commitment to Christ is evidence of a transformed life. As the scripture states that the Lord rebuked those who had an outward form of religion, such as the Pharisees, and these people did not care for the poor, and they dealt in deception and subterfuge, which is deceit, trickery, fraud, and dishonesty to achieve their goals. But Jesus dealt with the Pharisees wisely and truthfully. Oppressing and exploiting those who are weaker and poorer than we are is wickedness. However, we are to demonstrate the love and kindness and compassion of Jesus Christ. Then by reaching out to the least of these among us. So will you go with me on this journey of truth? As we look to the Word of God pertaining to earthly, which is temporary, versus eternal, which is permanent values, because there is a vast difference between the values of this world and how they perceive as important, and the values that the Lord commands as important. So, the kingdom of this world is where man and the devil rules and the kingdom of God is where God rules and each kingdom operates under a different set of values and where you are depositing determines the treasures of your heart which will lead you where you will spend eternity whether it is in heaven with Christ the Lord forevermore, or in hell, in everlasting separation from Christ the Lord. Now let 
at these two different sets of values. The first set of values we will look at will be the worldly uh, and temporary values. Number one, the kingdom of this world values and relies on money. Everything in the world's kingdom is driven and dominated by money. Money is all around us. We are surrounded by money and things that money buys. Spending money on everything that pleases self. Number two, the kingdom of this world values and hold in high esteem those who are wealthy, those who are popular, and those who are positionally powerful, regardless of how they obtain their status. Number three, the kingdom of this world values all types of pleasures, physical strength, and outward beauty. Number four, the kingdom of this world values intelligence, which is worldly wisdom, education, entertainment, and all types of talent for the purpose of self-exaltation, idolization of man, and death worship. And number five, the kingdom of this world values reliance on political, governmental, religious figures and physics, I'm sorry, and psychics, sorcerers, and soothsayers for life's answers. Now let us look at godly and eternal values. Number one, the kingdom of God values faith. For faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. Number two, the kingdom of God values those who are poor, oppressed, and those who are in need, the widow, the fatherless, and orphans. Number three, the kingdom of God values spiritual maturity and inner beauty for physical strength and external beauty fades. Number four, the kingdom of God values reliance on the word of God, the sword of the spirit that will never pass away. Godly wisdom, the cross, salvation, the fruit of the spirit, praise and worshiping God and exalting Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And finally, number five, the kingdom of God values reliance on the Lord Jesus Christ alone, the maker and 
giver of life who is the answer for all the living. And as you can see, these two kingdoms have values that oppose each other. The worldly kingdom values any and everything connected to this earthly realm. As if this life in the here and now is final. The worldly kingdom is temporary and is passing away. Those who are citizens of this kingdom are depositing for eternal life in hell. The kingdom of God values all things that are connected to eternal life in heaven. This kingdom is permanent, and those who are citizens of this kingdom are depositing for eternity in heaven, knowing that they are pilgrims in this land passing through in preparation for their eternal home in heaven. Amen. Praise the Lord. So now let us go to scripture and look into the life of a rich man who had all the worldly possessions and a poor man who was in misery. Our podcast scripture is coming from Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31, I believe it may be 21. Um, And this is a continuation from part one, the value of a deposit, but I will read the entire scripture context, and then we will go to examine verse by verse, in precept by precept. And the scripture reads, there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who lay at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was, the beggar died, and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he, the rich man, cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. 
but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they who want to pass from hence to there cannot, nor can those pass from there to us. Jesus told this spiritual truth about the real existence of these two places of eternity, either heaven or hell, and how our deposits in this life will impact which place we spend eternity. God wants your faithful obedience. Will you be a doer and not a hearer only? Amen. So the scripture reveals the value of a deposit from both temporary and eternal perspectives. So let's break down this podcast scripture verse by verse and just give a few uh, meanings for each verse. So the first verse says, there was a certain man. Now Jesus was telling this story um, and the Pharisees were around and he wanted them to understand the truth about eternity. So the first verse again says there was a certain rich man and we know that the Pharisees were all wealthy men. And Jesus did not name the rich man in this scripture. But the scripture says that he was rich. So we know that this man was rich. He was a nameless and faithless millionaire. However, the poor man had a name. But to the people of that day who were around the rich man's palace, around the gate, those who associated with the rich man, his friends, all of his wealthy friends, to them, this poor man was nameless. But this man had a name, and Jesus told us in scripture this man's name. And this man's name means God is my helper, which tells us who he is. And we will mention his name in a couple of scriptures uh, later on down down the line. A name relates us to others. To know someone's name means that we have separated that individual from the masses of other people around us. So the next scripture says, who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Now this means that this wealthy man was identified by his luxurious and expensive clothes and that he ate costly gourmet food every day. 
And the next scripture says, but there was a beggar named Lazarus. Now here is where his name comes up, how Jesus named him or gave his name. But it also says he was full of sores. So Lazarus was identified by name, which means that God knew about his plight. The name Lazarus means he whom God helps, which means that in spite of his condition, it was God who the beggar knew personally. It was God who knew the beggar personally. And it was also indicative that God cared for him my God today and full of sores means that Lazarus was a sick man he was a very sick and miserable man he was a destitute man a man that could have nursed bitterness and envy he could have sat outside the gate of the rich man's home plotting revenge. And like many people in Lazarus' condition, he may have cursed God and blamed God for his misery. Living in bitterness, resentment, and self-pity like many do today. But by calling the man Lazarus, and remember, Lazarus' name means he whom God helps. Oh my goodness. Jesus indicates that this poor man did none of those things. And in spite of his sickness and poverty, he was a man of faith. Glory. Hallelujah. The next scripture says, Who laid at his gate the rich man's desiring the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Now Lazarus was probably all but 20 yards from the rich man where Lazarus lay at his gate day after day. But yet these two men were divided by their social class and status. Lazarus, the poor man, who was not far from the rich man, means that the rich man knew about Lazarus' condition and could have helped him. The rich man had an opportunity to show compassion by making a deposit for eternity. A clear call for the rich man to help this beggar. But the rich man chose to neglect and ignore him. The rich man was heartless and selfish, selfish, which is inexcusable by the fact of where he ended up, which we'll talk about later on. Wealthy people in Lazarus's day wiped their hands with bread that was thrown away. Today, we use napkins and paper towels to wipe our hands after a meal. But in Lazarus' day, 
wealthy people use bread to wipe um, their hands with after um, their meals. And this bread was thrown away. And this was the crumbs that Lazarus desired. The food that was considered trash to the rich man, he refused to give to Lazarus. So the next line in the scripture says, the dogs came and licked Lazarus's sores. And this describes the helpless and utterly neglectful condition that was so bad that nobody even drove the dogs away from Lazarus. No one helped this man. Oh my goodness. And the thing that comes, or an example that comes to my mind, is there's been many stories that um, have been in the news where um, people have been dead in their home for days or even weeks at a time and no one even noticed until the stench of their bodies um, were carried over into their home or carried out into the street where you couldn't help but smell it and call 911 for someone to come and look into the situation. And it's the same thing with um, this story of Lazarus and the rich man, where the dogs came and licked Lazarus' sores and no one even bothered to shoo or run the dogs away from Lazarus. No one helped him. And the next line in the scripture says, So it was the beggar died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The beggar didn't have the honor of a proper burial. His body was left on the ground at the place where he died. But he was carried away to an honored place beside Abraham, God's friend and the father of Israel to be together with the Lord forever. Isn't that awesome? That gives us as believers hope that when we transition from this place, we are going into Abraham's bosom to be with the Lord forever. The beggar went to a place where there is no more sickness, there's no more suffering, no more pain, no more misery, no more hunger, no more tears, no more fears, no more sin, and no more persecution. There'll be no more neglect. All the things the beggar experienced in his earthly and temporary life has been eradicated in his eternal life in heaven. So if you're sick today, if you're going through any type of suffering, I want to encourage you to continue to deposit in eternity by standing in 
faith and believing God regardless of what your condition is. Have faith in God today. Trust and believe in what his word says as final authority for your life. There is another place, hallelujah, that has been prepared for you. And you will go to that place where you won't have to be sick anymore. And you won't have to suffer anymore. If you're being persecuted for your faith, I want to encourage you today that God sees those who are persecuting you. He sees your persecutors. But if you will just pray for those who persecute you and continue to love those that are your enemies, just know that there is another place that you are going to in eternity where there will be no more persecution. Glory to God. So the beggar experienced physical death, but yet he experienced spiritual life, life in eternity with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, forever and ever and ever. The next line in the scripture says, the rich man also died and was buried and in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torment and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom the rich man was honored with a proper burial on the earth in his temporary life however the rich man is being tormented in eternity while Lazarus was tormented on earth temporarily. The rich man went to a place of punishment and eternal separation from God where there is weeping, there is wailing, there is gnashing of teeth. There is outer darkness. A place where there is pain and agony and regret. Where there is sorrow and anguish and torment. Where there is eternity of consciousness. Where there is guilty, shameful separation from God where there is separation from all forms of goodness. There's nothing good in hell, and it's inescapable. It's a final place of separation from God. This is the place, ladies and gentlemen, that you do not and if you are rich today I'm talking to all the rich people if you are rich today I pray that your riches is not a stronghold in your life 
that will keep you out of heaven. My God today. And if you are poor today, I pray that you do not curse God and turn against God in bitterness and resentment. That will lead you to reject Christ and therefore end up in this place called my God. So the rich man experienced physical death and spiritual death. So in closing today, I pray that the value of your deposit for eternity as spiritual millionaires is being rich in obedience to God, rich in prayer, rich in praise, rich in worship, rich in meditating on the Word of God, rich in compassion, rich in grace and mercy, rich in God's love that strengthens your relationship and your walk with the Lord. For at the end of the day, that's what really matters most in this life. The value of material riches in this earth is not transferable to eternity, whether it's eternity in heaven or eternity in hell. Earthly riches has absolutely no value in either place of eternity. People who are hell-bound often think they will have the same lifestyle in hell that they have here on earth, and that is very far from biblical truth. There will be no material possessions in hell. There's no comfort in hell. No happiness and joy will be in hell. No laughter in hell. No light in hell. No good or good pleasure in hell. My goodness today. So that wraps it up for this episode. The value of a deposit. And we will continue our examination of Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 21 in our next episode, part three of the value of a deposit. God bless you and thank you for listening to Transformational Living, depositing for eternity as spiritual millionaires. I pray this episode has provided some insight into God's view of eternity and has encouraged and built up your most holy faith in Christ Jesus. Until we meet again, have a wonderful day and God bless you.